Hello and welcome to the It's Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Paige Boner. I started this podcast over a year ago, uh, but the idea came to me about two years ago when I was going through some major anxiety and depression, and I was searching for a community, a sense of belonging, and after seeking for a while, I decided I was going to create that community myself. I started posting on social media with long captions and just really trying to convey the message that it's okay to be vulnerable and that we're all going through something at some level. And I got a great response by it. And so I knew I needed to take it to the next level. So thank you so much for joining us. I'm so happy that you're here. Welcome to the It's Hard Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Monday. Everybody, Mondays are friggin' hard, right? Well, they don't have to be. That's what Ike said in episodes, a couple episodes back, that people always are like, oh my god, Mondays are so hard, and they're so hard. Well, positive is, you know, you get a new It's Hard episode every Monday, so they're not that hard anymore. Um, I hope you guys are doing well. I'm on a roll. I'm doing a ton of recordings right now, just intros, outros, um... Just got done doing this recording for this episode as well with Brenna from Real Fucking Talk, her podcast. She's incredible. Like, wow, we really resonate with one another and just had great conversation. We did a back to back. So I interviewed her first and then she interviewed me and it was two hours of just amazing conversation. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. But before I dive into that, I'm thinking of my food for thought for the day. I just did another one of these since I'm recording intros, outros. I have to have two foods for thought today. And I think what it is today is the fact that sometimes your emotions are not going to hit you until like you least expect it. I hope that makes sense. And what I mean by that is you could be going through something that's like kind of stressful, a little overwhelming, like, oh my God, I got a lot going on, but you're just like in the zone. And I don't know if you ever felt this way, but I'm definitely going through this right now. So I'm glad it's, it's kind of in my forefront of my mind, but you're just in the zone. You're like, yep, I'm just doing it, going for it. Like, I'm going to unpack all my stuff. I just moved home. So I'm going to unpack all my stuff, organize everything, record all my podcasts. I'm going for it. And then Jack calls me and he goes, how are you? And I'm like, I'm fine. Like, why did I make it seem like I'm not okay? And he's like, you're just kind of going through a lot right now. So I just, I just want to check in and see how you're doing. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> kind of right I got a lot going on and it's okay to say like I don't know how I feel right now but when it comes when it happens I'll let you know so be grateful for the people that check in on you like that I mean that's something I'm really grateful for but also it's okay to not know what your emotions are right now but then just be prepared for when they come through because you might it might just hit you all at once And it might be a physical reaction where you're like, I have a headache and I'm exhausted. It might be emotional reaction. It might be, I don't even know what else there is, but please, please, please be aware and ready for emotions to hit you, especially if you're going through an overwhelming time, which this time in general can be really overwhelming. 
And I know personally, my family deals with a lot of the quarantining aspect. And that's something that's really straining on our family is because I guess not straining on our family, but it's stressful for us. So my nephew has HLHS for those of you who don't know. And so he just recently got home from the hospital, which is super exciting because he had to have an emergency or an unexpected second surgery um, after his first one when he was just, a you know, not even a week old. So he had one at almost two months old and then he's supposed to have another one in March as well. But being that my mom needs to help them, we want to see him. Um, there is an element of quarantine with that, testing negative for COVID, all that stuff. And that can be really stressful for our family. And so that adds a layer of, of stress. And we are just, you know, very aware of that. And so I think it's very okay to A, set boundaries. Um, so if you and your family have to quarantine or have to be more careful than other people at this time, it's okay to set boundaries, be honest about it. Um, and just take care of you and your family in that way. But then also it's really important and okay to process your emotions, feel the things you need to feel. I'm 23 years old. The thing I want to do right now, you guys, is I want to go dance at a bar with live music. Like that's all I want to do right now. But accepting and being aware that it's okay to not do that right now, but then it's also okay to feel grievance or, or wish that you could do that as well. So that was a little all over the place, but that's kind of my thought process. I hope that resonates with somebody out there. And let's get into today's episode. So I was able to talk to Brenna from the podcast Real Fucking Talk. We got connected through Ashley Sondergaard. Shout out Ashley because Brenna is awesome. We have very similar missions in our podcast. We talk about mental health and we are just kind of honest and authentic and raw and it's fun but also good stuff to talk about important stuff and she is just fantastic she is high energy she's a therapist herself um so of course she's super intelligent and just has such a great message and I love what she talks about we talk a lot about therapy mental health you know processing mental health dealing with mental health all these things and I think it's it's just such an important conversation her podcast is dedicated to normalizing discussions about mental health so she says let's face it we all have our shit (laughs) so I think it's so true that having her conversations be authentic we all have shit going on we all have shit to deal with so let's fucking talk about it And I hope this resonates with you. If it does resonate with you, please, please, please share on Instagram. Tag us on Instagram. Text it to a friend. Text it to someone who's not your friend. Text it to anyone, your coworker. I don't care who you text. Text it to your dog. I don't really fucking care who you text it to, but send it. Send it to someone. And also, I was on her podcast. And so I don't know when it's going to be released but if it's released now, otherwise I'll keep you guys updated. She interviewed me as well. So you can listen to that. We talk about alcoholism, panic, things like that, which is some things I've gone through. And follow It's Hard on Instagram at It's Hard Podcast. Follow Brenna's Instagram at real.fucking, but it's spelled F-C-K-N dot talk. On Instagram, that'll be in the show notes. You can listen to her podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts. 
Her website is rftpodcast.com. And like, rate, review, subscribe. Do that to my podcast. Do that to her podcast. That's how we grow. These conversations are so important, you guys. We need to talk about mental health. We need to have honest conversations in a way that's able to be processed by people, that's fun for people, that's understandable for and relatable for people. So these are the things that we hope you choose to support. And by doing so, you leave a written review, rate, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts because that's how both of us grow. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you on the other side. All right, party people, got to tell you about a new foundation that is very close to my heart. And no, I do not mean makeup foundation. I know that it sounded like that, but that's not what I mean. I want to tell you about something that my mom started in honor of my nephew. For those of you who don't know, my nephew is Henry and he was born in November and he has what's called HLHS so hypoplastic left heart syndrome which is a congenital heart disease he has has had to have two surgeries already and he is only two and a half months old um and he also is going to be having another surgery in March. So my little nephew is super resilient and my mom is so fantastic and creative. She started a little thing called Hearts for Henry and this is homemade baby goods for a good cause. So the idea is to raise money and awareness of congenital heart disease and the proceeds help families of children with CHD. So All proceeds are going towards um, families who have a child with congenital heart disease because obviously with congenital heart disease and the amount of surgeries, hospital visits, um, having a cardiologist, it's a very expensive thing and can be very straining on families. And so we want to help support families like ours who are going through something very similar. So what my mom created is a lot of different things, but it started with these little warmies and they are um, shaped like a heart and they're filled with rice and lavender. So you heat them up in the microwave and then you attach it to a pacifier and it's just supposed to be something that the, the child can have on their chest as, you know, just like a warmie while they're, they're sitting and chilling. And they're obviously shaped like a heart, which is cute. They also have them come in um, little like chewy toys as well like um, for teething and stuff so you can either get one with a pacifier or one of those little toys and then she's also creating hats and shirts and onesies and sweatshirts all the goods so if you would like to support congenital heart disease um, please, please, please head over to Instagram at hearts underscore four, the, the number four underscore Henry. And I will link this in the bio below as well. But there's an Etsy shop on there. And then you can just follow along on Instagram. My mom posts photos of my little nephew. So cute. And just other people showing their support and love for Hearts for Henry and congenital heart disease and we are so grateful for everyone's support and love through that but if that's something that you feel called to do please head over to instagram and do that and also let us know if you go and order one or if you follow along um please message and and say that i sent you over there my mom would love to see that so thank you guys hearts underscore for henry on instagram So I was living in a house with my friend for a while and today I literally moved all my stuff 
back in with my parents to save some money. So yeah, I'm like, if you saw my room, this isn't my room room. This is like the extra room at my parents' house, but it's just a disaster. (laughs) Hey, we have all been there. So I feel your pain. Yeah. It's, it's just how it goes. And especially in COVID, it's like, we got to Gotta do what we gotta do at this point and yeah moving and oh my gosh. And I just graduated like almost a year ago now. And so I was on the phone with my friend and I was like, I've moved way too many times this year already. In one year, I'm like, I'm done moving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But I'm so excited to talk with you today. Um, I just feel like our podcasts have such similar vibes and do similar work, but obviously in different ways. And it's just gonna be really cool to to talk and kind of unpack some stuff and yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm ready. Are you ready? I am ready. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super pumped. Yes. Well, I'd love if you wouldn't mind sharing with the listeners just a little bit more about you, about your podcast, about your life, just an overview of who you are. Yeah, sure. So my name is Brenna. I am a 27 year old mental health counselor and rehabilitation counselor on Long Island in New York. Um, I never saw myself being a therapist. It's actually really funny when I first decided to go back to school to get my master's, I had even said to the woman in charge, like, I'm never going to be that person who sits in a room and asks you how you're feeling today. And now looking back, it's so comical because like, that's something that I do multiple times every day. And I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I went to grad school at Hofstra University. I actually just graduated in 2020. Um, Yes, thank God. Um, Yeah, but I'm really loving it. I work at a private practice, um, just doing one-on-one talk therapy. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Real Fucking Talk, um, which again, I feel like all of the good things in my life have come because I didn't plan them. They just kind of came to me. Um, Like this podcast, essentially came about because during quarantine, I started doing teletherapy with my clients and they were kind of idolizing me and my life and the people in my life. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, why are you guys like envious of me? Like, I don't have my shit together. When I'm not helping you, I'm desperately trying to help myself. Like, you know, I don't know why you are jealous of me. And then it kind of got the wheels turning in my head. And I was like, I'm going to just like shatter this idea that anyone has their shit together because none of us do. Um, So I started the podcast in June and I really didn't think anyone would listen to it. I was just kind of doing it to keep myself busy and it was something that I liked and it was fun and it's something I do with my best friend. So it was kind of just a passion project. And then all of a sudden I had you know, different people reaching out to me for partnerships and all of this stuff. And I was like, oh shit, this is a real thing. Like this is legit. Legit. Mm -hmm. So I think in like September, I got an LLC for it. So it's a real business now. And it has been the best unexpected surprise of my life. Just connecting with people like you who are like-minded individuals and want to help or want to share their story or are impacting the world in some way. And I have learned so much and I just feel really, really lucky that, you know, my journey has led me to this place. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. And it's crazy how things like that 
are so needed, which I think is why they blow up like that. Because especially in the time that you released the podcast was, you know, mid quarantine and COVID and people are really like mental health is so in the forefront of our minds at this point that the timing was just like perfect. And then you already have these clients who appreciate you and want to know more. So for people on the who are on your show, do you have like specialists come on your show? Do you have people come on? You know, tell us a little bit about what people would be listening to. Listening. Yeah. So I think something that is great about Real Fucking Talk is that it is open to any and everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have had specialists come on. I have had the hosts of, of another podcast called Shrink Chicks. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they are marriage and family therapists. And so I've had them come on and talk about that. I have had a woman named Gwen Dittmar come on. Her episode is actually dropping tomorrow or Tuesday. Um, and she's a human design and breathwork expert. So she talks all about that. But I also have, you know, average everyday people come on and share their stories. Um, but I've also lucked out and had people who we watch on TV and have been in movies on and share their stories. So I think it's really cool because it's such a broad spectrum of people mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, this reminds me of my neighbor or, you know, this reminds me of my teacher. But then on the other side, you're seeing people like Hannah Burner from Summer House and you're like, oh my God, this is so interesting to hear and see this side of her because that's not the side that I see on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's really, really interesting. But I actually pulled my Instagram community and I said, what do you guys want to see? And a lot of them like what I've been doing, like just having people on and sharing their story. But I also found that a good amount of them do want experts and to learn more about kind of the spiritual side of psychology. Um like learning more about like meditation and human design and manifesting and all of that. So I have some things in the works, so it should be pretty interesting. I'm really, really excited for the next couple months. That's so cool. That's so cool. So did you, you studied this in college, right? You studied psychology in in college. So when did you realize that this was something that you wanted to do? You said you didn't think you were going to be a therapist, but what kind of made you realize you want to at least go into that field or interested you about that? Yeah. So I graduated my, I got my bachelor's degree, um, in psychology and I just kind of picked it because I was like, I don't know what I want to do, but psychology is kind of like a whatever major. So like, I'll figure it out. Um, and then after I graduated, still had no clue. So I was waitressing and nannying and just kind of going through the motions. And I've always been very passionate about advocacy work and, you know, kind of being an ally to people who are different than me and people who have disabilities and all of that. And I have tried to like pinpoint a specific time or incident in my life that made me like this. And I, I really can't, Mm -hmm. I think it's just something that, you know, I feel like if the vast majority of us have, you know, the option to use our voice and to help others, why not? Um, so I heard about this program at Hofstra university by me called rehabilitation counseling 
And essentially what that is, is becoming an expert on disability, whether it be physical, developmental, mental, emotional. Um, so you kind of learn about any type of disability and you advocate for them or you help them get jobs. And it's kind of trying to include the disability community into society. Mm. Um, but the disability community isn't just the typical type of people that you think of when I say that. It's also people who have been in a car accident and then they lost a limb. So now it's like, okay, how can we get you back to doing your job that you've done for 30 years without that limb? What kind of accommodations do you need at work? Do you need help having these types of conversations to your boss? Do you need help at home? Like, it's really just trying to readjust and help in whatever way you can. Um, but during, you know, my time in the rehab counseling program, I was only just rehab counseling for one semester. And during that semester, I took an intro to counseling course. And the professor pulled me aside like midway through the semester. And he was like, you got to switch into the mental health counseling program too. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. But like, thank you. And he was like, okay. And he was like, you really should think about it though. And I was like, I just don't think that's for me. And he was like, no, you have a gift. Like you were meant to be doing this kind of work. And I was like, all right, whatever. And I really didn't think about it. Um, and then throughout the next couple of weeks, I was networking with people and they all kind of said the same thing, not to the extent that he did, but they had said, you know, you should just get both together. Why not? You're in school right now. It's only an extra semester. So I kind of just thought of it that way. I was like, whatever, it's, it's an extra semester. I, you know, I'm already paying all this money. I don't want to look back in 10 years and be like, damn, I have to go back to school now. Mm -hmm. um, so I did it. And I interned at the private practice that I work at now. And I absolutely fell in love with it. I love connecting with my clients. I love seeing them make the necessary changes and all of that in their lives. And it is just so impactful for me. And yeah, I absolutely love it. But again, it's like the best thing that could have happened to me, but I didn't plan for it. It just kind of unexpectedly happened. And now I'm like, damn, I'm really happy that that happened. Did you ever ask that professor like what he saw in you or ever like go back and talk I, about it? No, because I know exactly what he's talking about. We had the class that he said it in. Um, that day we were like role playing in class and no one could like figure out how to talk to the person who was pretending to be the client. And I'm not like super active in class. Um, I'm an observer. I like to kind of watch and listen. Mm -hmm. um, but it was one of those times that I was like, this seems so obvious to me. Like what's the correct thing to say or how to say it to this person? And I remember I just like got up and I sat down and I started talking to the person who was pretending to be the client. And I looked and it worked. And I looked at my professor and he was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So like, I knew I got it right. But in my head, I was just like, oh, whatever. Like, you know, I wasn't, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn or anything. It was just like common sense to me. Yeah. Um, so but I didn't realize that it wouldn't have been like common sense to everyone. You know, I think mm -hmm. sometimes some of our gifts that we naturally have, we think like, oh, well, it's just this easy. You know, that's just how it is. But you know, what's a gift for me might not be a gift for you. So 
I think it's really important to kind of take advantage of the things that we are passionate about and are good at and use them to our advantage and everyone else's advantage. Yeah. And it's so, it's challenging because sometimes it takes a while to get to that point, but you Mm. do things and then you realize you're like, wow, this feels really simple. I've talked to people about this before with the podcast and they're, they're thinking to themselves, like, I would never be able to do that. Or I would never want to spend my time doing that. I think that's a big part of it is how do you want to spend your extra time or your you know additional time? And people look at things like this and they're like, that's so much work. I would never want to do that. And I'm like, yeah, but there's things that I see you do that feel like a lot of work and I would never want to do. So it just is like you said, our gifts are so individualized and we need to lean into them because they might help someone else in the long run. Totally. And I think something that's so beautiful about any type of work in the helping profession is that yes, we're helping others, but by helping others, we're also helping ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like it feels so selfishly good to help someone else, you know? So I love that. Yeah. That is like spot on. It's the best feeling ever. When you get a message, you're like, that really resonated with me. It's like, yes, did it. You know, like I helped you in a way. Um, Let's talk about the stigmas around therapy and mental health. Mm. Just, I mean, I'm a huge advocate for therapy. And you said, I know you said that you attend or you go to therapy as well. Like it's such a big part of, of your life, of course, but there are people out there who, who genuinely believe that you go to therapy if something is wrong with you. Mm -hmm. A lot of people believe that. Yeah. How do we shift that? I know you're not going to have the answers for that, but Let's talk about the stigma around mental health and just therapy in general. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a big one. There, You're 100% right. There are people out there who think you only go to therapy when there's something wrong and then you fix the problem and that's it. But, um, you know, and there is something called solution-based therapy where it is all about fixing. Um, I personally don't practice that type of therapy because in my opinion... And again, therapy and the therapist you see is, you know, such a wide range. So this is solely just my opinion. I am not speaking on behalf of therapy as a whole or any other therapists. But I believe that if you go to therapy, you really should kind of like, let's backtrack and let's kind of go back to when you were a kid. What experiences did you see? How were you spoken to? What did you witness? You know, what did you go through? Because all of those things really shape the people we are as adults. Um, So, you know, to those people who have that mindset of, I only go to therapy if something's wrong, I would place a large amount of money on the fact that their parents probably have that same mindset or their parents, you know, it could be as something so simple as their parents didn't, you know, fix something in their house unless it was super broken. Mm. Like if it was only a little bit broken, it was fine until it's not working anymore. We're not going to fix it. Um, so it's just mindsets like that. But I think that those people probably grew up with a mindset like that. Um, and I'm sure that their family members or friends have spoken to about therapy like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. And I personally believe that everyone should go to therapy. It is, if nothing else, 
a great way to decompress and talk shit about whatever you want for 45 minutes. Amen. And to like better understand yourself. Like you're saying that that it's called shadow work in a way, right? When Mm -hmm. when you go back and I'm super obsessed with therapy. I didn't study psychology, which I really should have, but, um, go back to school. I, oh, sister, (laughs) it's expensive. It is expensive, but so worth it. No, it is worth it. So I, I am really passionate about it. I love it. And, but the whole idea of shadow work is if anything else, you learn things about yourself that you would have never thought of before. Like you said, the way that your family talks to you, and it doesn't mean that your family is bad or, and, and sometimes it is, you know, traumatizing or that people are going through things, but it doesn't always mean that there's like a negative thing constantly about that. It's just the fact that you need to go back and, and talk about these things or unpack those things in order to better understand how you communicate with people or how you react to things. And I just feel like it is a vast majority of people and society in general that therapy has this sort of like stigma around it where it is something you go to because you need, you know, to be fixed. And Mm -hmm. it's like you said, and like, I wish so many more people would just look at it as like, we all need this. How do you feel like the, like the pandemic impacted mental health and kind of shed light on a lot of issues that we might have? Mm. So I think the pandemic was obviously like terrible, but at the same time, it was almost one of those things that's like a blessing and a curse. Like, Mm. you know, I've heard so many people say I really needed to slow down and I wouldn't have ever slowed down unless I was forced to like this. So that's great. And, you know, so many people who had just had babies or have young kids, they got to spend this time that they would have never gotten to spend with their kids. And that is such a beautiful thing. But in regards to mental health, I do think Obviously, isolation, separation, a lack of communication with the general public, with friends, with family, that weighs a lot on people's sanity. Mm -hmm. Um, But something that is good that came out of it is that I think because we were all in this weird time in our lives, those of us who know how important keeping our mental health in check is we're screaming it from the rooftops. Like, hello, this is crazy what we're living in. So let's all work on ourselves because I guarantee you, we will all go crazy if we're not talking about this shit. Um, So I think that was great. And I was actually just, I haven't released it yet. It'll be released in a couple of weeks, but I had, I'm having my friend on, we recorded the episode already though. She has bipolar two disorder. Mm. And we talked all about the stigma surrounding mental health and stuff. And something that we talked about was that throughout the last year, we really heard a lot about anxiety and depression. And I think that that is something that so many people are getting more and more comfortable to talk about, but there's still a stigma on every other thing, on every other disorder, on every other condition. Because if you tell someone you have anxiety or depression, they are much more likely to say, oh my God, I know how you feel or, oh, that sucks. But if you tell someone you have bipolar disorder, you tell someone you have borderline personality disorder, any of them, they're going to almost be freaked out in a sense. They're like, what? Because it's still not talked about. So I think that we are making strides, but I, 
I hope that, you know, we can keep making strides and including more diagnoses. For sure. Because I think I even, you know, would struggle with that too, of what, what do you say when those are, when those things are happening? And I think a lot of people probably are thinking, as you say that too, it's like, oh yeah, like that, that is something I've come across, or I've even heard recently of people who do struggle with schizophrenia. And these are real things that we need to look at as a, an opportunity to have these conversations. Right. But what would you say to someone who might be curious or wanting to learn more about those conversations and having conversations with people who do struggle with bipolar, even OCD is a mental health disorder that a lot of people don't talk about in a way of, you know, the fact that it's actually diagnosed disorder that causes a lot of strain on people. It's always just looked at as kind of this thing, you're very tidy, you you know, you're OCD, it's used very casually, but it's like, no, that's actually something people really struggle with. Mm -hmm. So I don't expect you to have the answer to this, but what would you say to someone who is curious about those conversations with others like that? Yeah, I actually, like five or six months ago, recorded an episode with my childhood best friend. Her name is Natalie. She is an occupational therapist working in mental health. Mm-hmm. And our episode is called How to Talk About Mental Health. And it's all about how to talk to friends and family members about mental health, how to respond to people. And again, it's not a one size fits all, but it is a really great starting place if you are kind of, you know, in one of those situations where someone tells you this and you're thinking, what the fuck do I say? Mm -hmm. Like, do you apologize? Do I say like, I totally get it? Like, you know, how do you go about that? So I would say for sure, go and listen to that episode. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, what it really comes down to is just like listening. You know, people aren't talking to you because they want you to fix them. They're just talking to you because they want to be heard. Um, So hear them. You know, I think simple phrases like I hear you and, you know, I, I'm listening are way more powerful than we think. Mm -hmm. And I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. I got your back and I'm supporting you. I mean, that's such a powerful statement that people aren't looking for you to fix them and Mm -hmm. people with mental health issues you can't fix them like this is, and it's not to be fixed. It's to be mitigated and managed and to be, you know, overcome in a sense, but it's, it's not your job to fix them. It's just your job to be their friend and to be there for them and to support them. I think that's, that's really powerful. You guys, you have to hear about my sound guy. I am so, so, so excited to share him with you and allow you guys to reach out to him if you have any sound needs right now. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but I have a new intro song this season. It sounds so good. And it was like customly created by him and I. He did all the hard work, but I was able to, you know, tell him things that I liked or didn't like. And we really curated it to be perfect for what I was looking for. And he did such a great job with it. He also edits all of my episodes, which if you think about how long my episodes are, he puts in so much work for me. And it is something I'm so, so, so grateful for. If you are in need of any sort of sound production, mixing, anything to do with that audio editing, anything with sound, if you're starting your own podcast or you just want another cool person to collaborate with or listen to, his Instagram is at Sather Audio. And if you're interested in anything, please send him an email at SatherAudio at gmail.com. 
we've actually been friends since seventh grade. So he's been in my life for a long time. And when he started this audio business, um, I was starting my podcast and it was just a perfect opportunity for both of us to work together. And he has been fantastic. I could not ask for anything else. So couldn't recommend him enough. Again, at Sather Audio on Instagram and SatherAudio at gmail.com for any of your sound needs. What has your personal journey with mental health looked like? Mm, so I, as a kid, it's, it's interesting you say that because throughout the last like two or three years, I have done a lot of intensive therapy of my own. Mm-hmm. Um, just coming to terms with things that I didn't realize were traumatic until I was an adult. And then I kind of look back at my childhood, almost doing shadow work, what you're talking about and being like, that wasn't normal. Like, that's not, that's weird that that happened. And like, just talking about it with my therapist and kind of realizing how things that I might have seen as a child impacted who I am as an adult. Um, But again, that was something that I didn't really realize until the last two or three years. But when I was in college, I randomly started getting really big headaches that wouldn't go away, and then I couldn't sleep. Um, Now, looking back, I know that I was like almost manic in a sense. There was one time that I couldn't sleep. So I went to school seven hours away from my hometown, and at like one in the morning, I just decided like, I'm going to drive home. And I like got in my car and drove home. and my, I pulled into my driveway as my dad was leaving for work. And he was like, what are, it was like a random Tuesday. He was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. I just like, don't feel like myself. And he was like, we're going to go to the hospital. Um, so we went to the hospital and you know, everyone was just like, oh, you're dehydrated. And I was like, no, I'm telling you like my head hurts. So I went to a neurologist and it was months and months and months of, me being like, I don't feel okay. And people being like, but you're fine. And I was like, no, I'm telling you I'm not. Um, And finally I saw a neurologist who changed the direction of my life. And I was telling him all my symptoms and how I was feeling. And I was like, I have a brain tumor. That's what I've decided. Everyone is missing this brain tumor in my head. and, And I know I have one. And he was like, okay, how about I will check to see if you have a brain tumor. And if you don't, you will try and take a pill once a day for me. And I was like, a pill for what? And he was like, it's an anti-anxiety. And I was like, anti-anxiety? Like, I don't have anxiety. And he was like, okay. And he was like, do you know anything about anxiety? And at this point, like I was an undergrad. So I was, yeah, getting a degree in psychology, but psychology is so broad and psychology isn't just mental health. Yeah. Um, So I really knew very little about anxiety because it was something that I never cognitively realized that I struggled with until it all boiled up. Um, So he told me a little bit about it. And then I went home and did my own reading. Of course, I did not have a brain tumor. So he was like, okay. And he put me on Lexapro and I am one of the lucky ones because getting on an anti-anxiety or an antidepressant can be very hit or miss. And it's really hard to get the dosage right sometimes, but 
thankfully and luckily, I the dosage he gave me um, and the medication he gave me worked wonders for me. I am still on it today. Um, I love Lexapro. I cannot say enough good things about Lexapro. Um, yeah, but I would say within like two weeks, I was finally sleeping again. I wanted to do things for a while. I just didn't want to do things. Um, and Lexapro is both an anti-anxiety and antidepressant. Um, I was only diagnosed with anxiety. I do think I probably had some symptoms of depression, but I now me being a therapist, I know that I wouldn't meet the entire criteria of having depression, but I would say that I identify with some of the symptoms. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it was a wild ride for me. And now, um, I still sometimes get anxious and, but it's nice because now I have the tools and skills and the people in my life to help me when I'm feeling that way. Um, so it's great. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's interesting how, mental health can show up in physical forms like that oh, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I was going to ask you about how people maybe could better understand when mental health issues are showing up in their lives and what that could look like because it looks different for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think something something that I personally have is that my anxiety can show up as fatigue. Like I'm always so tired because my brain is working so hard 24-7 when I'm feeling anxious. Yeah. So I think for people who are constantly feeling fatigued or overwhelmed, it's like, wait, you know, why am I feeling this way? Um, what are some other physical symptoms of anxiety? I don't know. Sleeping all day, not being able to sleep, not being able to eat, um, feeling like your heart is racing, sweating, compulsive thoughts, racing thoughts. Um, I don't know. Could you think of any others? I, there are more, but yeah, I mean, I would say the, the rate heart racing, the, um, just like you feel like you're so far out of control in your brain where your brain's going to like 45 different directions. And you're like, yep, I can't even think about what I'm doing right now, you know? And yeah, your chest hurting. Like, I think it's just really important for people to know that like, mental health doesn't always have to just be what people think it is like that you go to the doctor and all of a sudden they just tell you that you have this like you might see it way before then also the other thing I wanted to talk about too was I was talking about this in a podcast that's actually coming out tomorrow but this is going to be all messed up because this this episode's releasing in like weeks I don't even know but anyways we talked about it with this girl of age and how, and I don't know if you have the answer for this, but I'll ask it anyways, is that if you have anxiety or if you get diagnosed with anxiety, say when you're like 20 years old, 23, 24, 25, is there a chance that you've had anxiety your entire life? Yeah. I mean, there's always that chance, you know, Um, but it could be situational. So I think it's, it really does depend on the person, but yeah, there's always that chance that, you know, looking back, it's like, oh, I was anxious. I just didn't realize that that was anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's so tough because some people have, you know, generalized anxiety disorder, but some people just experience anxiousness 
like situationally. So it's hard. Um, but yes, of course there is that chance for sure. Yeah. We were talking about the idea of like social anxiety. And as a kid, there's the kids that, um, would have a sleepover and then they'd have to like call their moms in the middle of the night and be like, I need to be picked up. And I was the kid who couldn't do things without my parents. Like I was so Mm. debilitated by like everything, you know what I mean? So I think there is that element of looking back. I, I see that as anxiety existing in me as a young child. Um, but it wasn't ever diagnosed until I was like 20. Mm, Yeah. That's, that's fascinating. And that's true. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So for you, it seems like you were anxious and you just didn't realize until you were 20 and diagnosed. And now you're able to look back on your life with this new mindset and this new education and be like, oh shit, maybe I've been anxious for so much longer than I realized. Isn't that crazy? That's so to me. Um, you, you obviously opened up about, you know, medication and Mm. being on, you know, an anti-anxiety antidepressant. I was on one for a while and like candidly didn't love the idea of being on medication. And I think there is such a, you know, there's a difference in everyone's emotions behind that of like, people are like, I love medication and it works perfectly for me. And that's great. And then there's people who are just like, I don't love the idea of being on a pill every day. So what are your, I guess, you know, what's the conversation around that or the thoughts around that, even with your clients, like medication, what is that? (laughs) Yeah, this is something that I have had tons of conversations with, one with clients and two with friends and family members. And I just always, you know, will gently push back and say, well, what about taking medicine feels weird for you? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, what, what about that feels weird for you? Um, so, you know, let me ask you when you felt that way, what about taking medication felt weird for you? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, I'm sort of like a, I don't like pills kind of person. Like I think about, I don't like Tylenol. Like I don't like any sort of pills. I like like a natural remedy and I don't know if it's, uh, anxiety around like, I mean, my brain really goes far. My brain goes to like cancer. Like it's like, you're going to have fucking cancer if you take this pill every single day. Um, So to be candid, that's exactly where my brain (laughs) goes. And so I don't like the idea of like putting it in my body every day. However, it worked. So like I'm, I saw actually my pill bottle today and I was like, damn, like those things really did work for me. Like they helped me a lot. Um, But I still have that, that sort of struggle with taking a pill. Yeah. And that is totally valid. Um, I think from my experience and from people that I have spoken to that feel similar to you, like I just, there's something about being on medication that I don't like. For the most part, it comes back to the stigma. You know, I don't want to be on medication because I I don't want to have this. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to be a person who has to take medication to deal with that. Um, but again, like you said, I personally love Lexapro. I have been on it for years. I never want to be off of it because I have tried to be off of it and be like, Ooh, I'm great. Let me see what life is like without it. And then life without it is shit for me. I hate it. I'm chronically anxious. Um, I personally love it, but yeah, it's not, it doesn't have to be forever for everyone. You know, you can be going through, again, anxiety is very situational. So for me, 
I have anxiety all the time when I'm not on Lexpro. I am constantly feeling anxious. There's other people who have anxiety for a few weeks because they have something going on at work. They have something going on in their personal life and maybe they could use some help with medication for a couple weeks. That's it. Mm -hmm. There are other people who are having a tough year. So they need some extra help for a couple months. Like it's okay to buy your serotonin at the store. Like that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's so interesting because I, I totally agree with what you said about the stigma mm-hmm. around it and how like, if I'm on medication, then something's wrong with me. And no, it's not true. It's just that you're helping yourself and you're taking care of yourself and that's, that's okay too. I think, yeah, I, it's, it's such a hard one for me. Cause it's like, I want to try to find that natural remedy for it, but I just don't know if, you know, with the, cause correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe you can speak a little bit better on this, like with mental health and mental illness, there is a chemical imbalance in your brain. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. So the, the purpose of medication is to rebalance that chemical imbalance. Yes. So it makes sense that we are on medication and it's not because it's trying to like do something to you or change you. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's rebalancing you. And there are some people, like you said, who are situational, so might not need it or might not need it as often. And then there's some people who have it constantly. And so like, having medication is simply a way to rebalance you so that you can function. Yep. And I do want to speak to you saying, you know, I'm always trying to find the holistic route. And I'm a firm believer of combining Eastern and Western medicine. Mm -hmm. I do not think that you can just take a pill and not do anything else in your life and be okay. You know, take that pill, but also maybe meditate for five minutes a day it go for a 10 minute walk drink some tea and journal you know you do need to do those holistic things while also taking your medicine um you can't just like you know if you want to lose 50 pounds you can't just go to the gym and not change your diet you have to do both it's not a quick fix like that um so i agree with you you know i am always trying to find a holistic alternative to things, but I'm also not opposed to being like, I'm going to do that holistic alternative, but I'm also going to take this pill or I'm also going to see this doctor or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I totally believe. I love that. And I think yeah. when I used to be on um, medication, it, I wasn't doing the holistic stuff. I mm-hmm. was existing. So I wonder what it would be like to try it again, but I was really just taking it and I was just rebalancing, but then I was still going through the motions of everything else I was going through. And I really wasn't taking care of myself in that, that holistic way. Do you find that people and clients and yourself as well, when it comes to those, those different things like journaling and meditation, does it vary between people to people on what works for them? Totally. It is such a personal preference. Like I love journaling. I could journal. I spent my New Year's Eve this year. I journaled eight pages in my journal. I had a glass of wine. My boyfriend was working. So I like did a solo night and it was a full self-care night. I was in bed by 10 o'clock. It was perfect. But journaling is not for everyone. Some people hate journaling. And truth be told, don't do self-care 
that doesn't feel like self-care for you. If journaling feels like a chore for you, don't do it. You know, if you would rather meditate for five minutes, do that. I am the worst at meditating. I suck at it. I hate it. I don't like it. Like, and I say this all the time because I'm like, I'm the worst therapist because I feel like I should be really into meditating. I'm not. I hate it. It is not my jam. I, I can't do it. I do not enjoy it. Um, but yeah, it is such, it is not a one size fits all, but you have to try these things, you know? Whoop, whoop. We have a new partnership with none other than Fit For Me by Courtney. These are workouts that I have been doing for over a year now. They are mat, Pilates, bar, and yoga-inspired workouts. Incredible. And they are just so freeing, honestly. I feel like that's the best way to describe it. I don't know if you guys have ever felt like, oh, like, working out is so hard and it's just, like, not enjoyable. It feels stressful. It feels overwhelming. It feels exhausting. Like, have you ever felt just exhausted by your workouts and starving after your workouts? I mean, I know I used to feel that way. I used to do really intense workouts and I just never looked forward to it. It felt like a job. And then I found Fit For Me by Courtney workouts naturally just on Instagram. I found her and honestly, it changed the game for me. It changed the appearance of my body, which I don't think is even the most important part, but I know that that's important for people and just, they want to feel healthy. They want to feel good. I didn't feel like bloated anymore. I still don't. I feel great. I feel strong without having to lift intensely heavy weights. I lift three pound weights in my Fit For Me workouts. Everyone does. That's what she does. And I'm stronger than I've ever been, honestly. So I could not recommend this enough, you guys. Uh, we are so excited to collaborate with her. Um, you know, just a general overview of what these workouts are. Like I said, they are Matt Pilates bar and yoga inspire workout videos. It's all virtual, all online, which during this time, who wouldn't want that, right? I mean, you want to work out from home. We have to work out from home, a lot of us. And she has them all online. It's perfect. They're, you know, anywhere from 10 minutes to 40 minutes and so efficient, so effective. You can do them straight from your home. They're supposed to be low impact and challenging. So you might see some of her videos on Instagram and be like, oh yeah, I can do that. Like no problem, which you can do it, but it's a lot harder than it looks. It's honestly incredible how just one simple movement can be so incredibly challenging. Again, they're supposed to be efficient and effective. 20 to 30 minutes typically is the ones that I, I lean towards. I do them right in the morning before I start work. My mind has never been clearer when I go into my work day. Um, if I skip a workout, it's like my brain is a fog. It's not even about how I, you know, it's about my body or anything. It's about how I feel. Like my mental capacity, my mental health is so much healthier when I work out and do these workouts in the morning. Um, again, there's a wide variety, anywhere from five to 50 minutes for these workouts. So you could do a quick little one at the lunch break, whatever that looks like for you. These workouts are designed to create lean and toned muscles, get your heart rate up, and ultimately just make you feel good. So she was able to give us a discount code. You can enter at Fit For Me by Courtney when you're in your checkout, you're getting your membership, enter the discount code it's hard 2525 for 25% off your first month and a two week free trial when they sign up. When you sign up at fitformebycourtney.com.
So you do have to sign up on the website to get the discount and the two-week free trial. And then you can download the app because there's also an app as well, which I don't typically use the app as much because I do use it on my computer. But there's an app, which is great for when you're traveling, anytime you want to just get that quick workout in, throw your AirPods in, whatever that looks like for you, um, and just do a, a small little workout too on the go. It's perfect. So it's hard 25 for 25% off your first month and a two week free trial. When you sign up at fitformebycourtney.com, all that information will be in the show notes below. So head down there, try out these workouts. What is there to lose? See what you think. And then also let us know if, if you, um, are enjoying these workouts, please, you know, follow along at Courtney's Instagram at fitformebycourtney. Let me know on our Instagram or our email. Um, happy to, you know, share any experiences like that. So it's hard 25 or 25% off your first month. So excited for this partnership. Try it and give it a couple days. Don't just do it one time and be like, nope, wasn't feeling that. Like I have tried to meditate on and off for like a good five years. Like I was like, I really want to get into this. I paid for the apps because I really do want to be that girl that meditates but it's just all about acceptance. And that's not the girl that I am. I am the girl that journals and I am the girl that loves having deep soul conversations with my friends. I am the girl that loves baths. Like I love some quiet time in a bath. Um, I love essential oils. I love stuff like that. But there are people that the things I just said I love there are people who are like, none of those work for me, but what does work for me is yoga, meditation, going for walks, blah, blah, blah. And that's great. Do whatever feels good to you and fuels you. Yeah. Amen. That's, and that's, it's going to take trial and error. It's going to take a bunch of different times if you're not used to things and it's going to change over time. I mean, there's things that I used to do that don't really work for me right now or in this season and that's okay too. And you just got to figure out what works for you. What, um, what books are you reading or podcasts? I don't know if you're a book reader or podcast listener, but like, where do you get your, you know, information or just like your, keep yourself like fresh in those, in those thoughts and the mental health, you know, era right now, or just anything in general, like what are you reading and listening to on a day-to-day basis? Yes. So what I love about the profession I'm in is that, we are held accountable by our like um, associations, if you'll call it, to have X amount of personal development or professional development each year. So I like, if I want to keep my licenses and certificates, like I need to show proof that I am still educating myself. So mm-hmm. I all the time will attend workshops for credits and you know, networking events. And it's great. I love keeping my mind engaged like that. But on my own time, right now, I am rereading The Body Keeps the Score. I don't know if you've ever read that book. No, it's awesome. It. Oh my God, you need to read it. Yeah. It's so good. It, for anyone who is interested in trauma, who has ever been through a trauma, if you think you might've been through a trauma, please read the book, The Body Keeps the Score. It is all about how trauma impacts our body and our physical health. It is awesome. I'm also reading White Fragility yeah, because I am just, you know, I am just trying to be a great ally um, to people. And listening, I am always listening to The Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard. Oh my God. Um, Yes. I love him. 
Um, yeah. And I've also been into our friend Ashley's, her yep. podcast is called Yoga Magic um, because I'm just recently dipping my toe into like the spirituality world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's something that I'm interested in. And Ashley's podcast is really, really great for that. Um, yeah. And also I've been loving our other friend's podcast. It's called Dying of Laughter. Um, our friend is a comedian and she interviews other comedians and they talk about what it's like to lose a parent or a sibling. Really? It's very, very interesting and really funny. Um, they're talking about these really deep, hard, tough, sad topics in a funny way. Um, yeah, but it's super, super interesting. So for anyone who can relate to any of those, check out those podcasts. Those are great. I agree with you on the spirituality front. I'm trying to dip my toes in as well. I feel like we're very similar in that sense where I'm like, I'm curious. I'm spirituality curious, but I just haven't been the person who's like as invested yet. And I loved, I interviewed Ashley and I just loved like asking her questions about it. I'm like, I want to know everything. You know, like I just want to know the astrology and all these things. Like I'm so curious, but is that, so you said that's something that you're planning on kind of uh, implementing into real fucking talk, right? Yeah. So it was something that I, again, all the things in my life like happened to me. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with human design, but I am a projector. And that's something that I learned that like opportunities and stuff will present itself to me. Like Mm -hmm. if I go out and try and get these things, I won't get it. It's much better off for me when I kind of sit back and wait for an invitation. Um, but I noticed in the last couple months that I am like super impacted by the moon. Like whenever there's a full moon or a new moon, I notice changes in my energy. Um, this is TMI, but like my cycle is linked up with the moon. Mm -hmm. So it's just very, it was so interesting to me. And it was right at the time that I met Ashley. So I said to her, I was like, I don't know, like what has happened? Is this all in my head? Like what is going on? And she did like a mini reading for me. And I was like, holy shit, everything you're saying makes so much sense. I am a cancer and that's a water sign. And the moon affects the, the tides. Mm. Like, I don't know, again, like I suck at this stuff because like she tells me and I know it makes sense. And then I try and regurgitate it. And I'm like, I don't know what she said. Just let that ride. (laughs) Yeah. So I am only interested in in spirituality because it's something that I have noticed, like I'm affected by these things. So now I'm like, let me kind of research how legit this is. Mm. Um, But I'm also a skeptic by nature. So like while I'm researching these things, I'm like, is this legit or is this like weird? But it seems pretty legit to me so far. Yeah. I'm the same way. I was going to ask you what sign you were. And then I'm thinking in my head and I'm like, I don't, if, if she wasn't a Virgo, which I'm a Virgo, like if she wasn't a Virgo, I wouldn't even know what to say. Like I would be like, yeah. that's the most of my information at that point. But I do, I agree with you. I think it's so interesting and it makes a lot of sense. I'm just, I'm more curious because I'm like, I want to, I don't want to fully dive into it until I like have all the facts or like know more about it. But I'm definitely trying to listen. I mean, almost 30, that's, you obviously are involved in almost 30 as well, but they go to like aliens. And I'm like, I don't think I can go that far yet. But like, (laughs) one day, 
one day. <laughs> the, the goal is ultimately aliens. <laughs> yeah, we're baby witches. Well, it's so funny because when I first started like talking about this stuff, and I when I first said to my listeners on Instagram, like, guys, I think I'm a witch. Like, I'm affected by the moon and all this stuff. So many of them were like, wait, me too. Like, I noticed all of these changes. And I was like, guys, are we witches? Oh my God. And then a couple of days later, I get this Instagram like voice memo DM. And it's from someone, like one of my followers, and she's from like Australia or New Zealand or something. And she was like, hey, I know this is a long shot, but like, I work in the entertainment industry here in New Zealand and I'm working on a piece right now and I'm trying to find ghost hunters and witches. So like, if you want to be a part of this, let me know. And I was like, oh, I don't think I'm like a real witch. I was just kind of saying that for like fun. Um, I am weirdly affected by the moon. So like, if that's the only criteria there is for a witch, then I guess I am one, but I feel like you could probably find like legit witches. <laughs> and she wrote back and she was like, sorry, you know, I never know if anyone's kidding or being serious. And I was like, I was like half kidding, but like half serious. But yeah, no, like, please don't interview me as a witch because I know. The furthest I can go is that I'm affected by the moon. <laughs> yeah. I was like, um, I get my period on a full moon and a new moon. That's about it. So, but I do know from research that like that is how they identified witches back around like the Salem witch trials. Like if someone had their period during a full moon or a new moon, they were considered like witches and they would like kill them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Fucking crazy. That is fucking so who knows? Maybe I am a witch. Well, stay tuned. I guess we'll have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What has been the most impactful thing about your work? Um, the most impactful thing I think that happened to me was, so what happens when you're done with your internship. So for mental health counseling, you do a 300-hour practicum and then you do a 600-hour internship. So before you graduate, you've done 900 hours. And then post-graduation until licensure, you need 3,000 hours. So you're working like years for this licensure, even post-graduation. But in between my internship and when I started working again at the private practice, you have to take a break because you need to submit paperwork to your state proving that, yes, I graduated with a master's degree. Here's my paperwork. Here's where I'm working. Your supervisor needs, it's like very legit. Mm -hmm. But when I stopped interning, I had a client who I started seeing right at the beginning of my internship and I was with them for a full year. Um, and we had said goodbye, obviously over Zoom, and they called me and left a message after we had already said goodbye. And in tears, they were like, thank you so much. Like, I will never be able to put into words how much you have helped me. Um, you know, I'm going to miss you while you're not in the office, but I am so looking forward to working with you when you come back. And I just want to let you know, like you have changed my life for the better. And that was so powerful to me to hear that because, you know, as therapists, we're not doing this for the thank you. I'm not doing this. You know, I, 
I'm just doing this because again, like I'm weirdly just like good at it. Like it's a weird gift, but also selfishly, it makes me feel good to help you. Yeah. Um, so it was really good to get that validation. Like, yes, what you're doing is working for me and thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Um, and I still have it saved. I will never delete it. Um, but yeah, it's just moments like that or, you know, when someone comes into the office and something they've been working on has finally paid off or, you know, something big in their life is happening and you can tell that they're so jazzed about it. Like it's just moments like that, that we're really living through them. And I'm like, I am so happy and thankful that these people feel safe enough to share their lives with me. Mm. And it's awesome. I love it. That's amazing. Did that person end up coming back to the practice? And so they stayed. Yeah. So how, how my practice works, at least it's like my internship was ending and someone else's was beginning. So Mm -hmm. they were able to move to that intern. Um, but the perk of seeing an intern is that it's cheap. So for anyone who's listening, if you are struggling with, you know, therapy and it's too expensive, like seek an intern, ask a private practice if they have an intern, because the price is always much, much cheaper. Um, and you actually get more bang for your buck because you really get two clinicians for the price of one, because yes, you're seeing the intern, but the intern also has to record all of their sessions because their supervisor listens to it and then gives them feedback on it. So you're really getting like double the help. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I wasn't sure if they were going to come back to me because now that I'm not an intern, my prices have raised, but they did. And I'm so thankful. And yeah, I, I love it. I love that. I love that so much. Um, I, I think quickly we could touch on the, the affordability aspect of therapy and maybe like other options that there might be for people because they really do think, like we've said, therapy is super important, but it can be really hard for people because it can be really expensive. Um, do you have any other recommendations for affordable therapy? Yep. Um, always call any universities in your town because odds are they have a counseling office um, that their um, students will be working at. Again, it will probably be very cheap. I know that the one college in my town, um, I have a friend who goes there for help and they pay $20 for an hour long session once a week Mm -hmm. and they are getting great help. Again, you're getting like a two for one deal because you really get two clinicians. Um, so I would always say that I am actually partners with better help, which is like the online virtual therapy. Um, so that's a great place to start too. If, online therapy is convenient for you. Um, I do know that right now that's like pretty much our only option due to COVID, but once, you know, the world opens up again and we can kind of be normal. Um, if online therapy still works better for you, I would say for sure places like BetterHelp. Um, yeah, but I would always recommend reaching out to a college in your town or, you know, calling private practices, asking if they have an intern, but also it never hurts to ask if the clinician you want to see uses a sliding scale um, because a lot of clinicians keep sliding scale spots open. I actually just had a friend the other day call me and she was saying that she really needed therapy, but no one was taking her insurance. So she found someone she liked, but it was $150 per 
45 minutes. Um, so she said yes. And then she was like, I don't even know where it came from, but I just asked like, hey, do you have any sliding scale? Like, do you use a sliding scale? And the woman was like, let me see your last two pay stubs. And instantly my friend's price went down from 150 to 80. So what is a sliding scale? So a sliding scale is essentially when a clinician has, let's say I work for myself at my own private practice. I don't, but just for this scenario. Um, and my fee is $150 per session. Mm -hmm. Um, let's say I would have to map out like, okay, in order for me to pay myself to pay my fees and whatever, I need 20 clients per week. Um, but maybe I would take 23 clients per week and keep three spots open at $70 an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's essentially just working with people and their budget. Um, if you're able to, but a lot of clinicians keep some sliding spots open, sliding scale spots open, and it's not a lot, but, um, it never hurts to ask. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just ask if that's, and that's important. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. That's very helpful. My last question for you. Um, I guess before we get to the last question, is there anything else that you want to share, um, that you would love the listeners to hear or just anything else you'd love to share? Um, yeah. I mean, if you're listening and you are not going to therapy, go to therapy, get mm -hmm. a therapist. Um, like I said in the beginning, if nothing else, it gives you 45 minutes to talk about whatever you want, whoever you want without judgment. It gets stuff off your shoulders. It gets stuff off your chest. It feels so good. Um, but also if you're struggling with your mental health or mental illness, like you are absolutely not alone. And I am so thankful for podcasts like yours that you know, shed light on this and help people feel less alone. So thank you for doing what you're doing. <laughs> oh, thank you for doing what you're doing. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, when you said trauma earlier too, I was like, I wanted to get circle back to that. But I think that could be like a totally another episode on like trauma. And oh. you said like even somebody that you talked to as well. So I, I do think we can circle back to trauma because I think that's a very, very big topic. Um, yeah. And you're going to be on the podcast again. So I think we'll... <laughs> yes, girl. We'll do a whole episode on trauma. I love trauma. I specialize in trauma. So... Oh my gosh. My yeah. Okay. We're going to have to do another episode because okay. yeah, we just we just have to. <laughs> um. Anyways, so my last question for you is something I ask all my guests. And you kind of touched on it earlier, but maybe you could go a little bit more in depth. But how do you stay mentally healthy? Ooh, I love that question. <laughs> I am a big self-care gal. Um, like I said, I journal all the time. Journaling is super therapeutic for me. It really, really helps me when I'm feeling anxious. Um, I love taking baths. Like that's, there's that like silly self-care where it's like, Ooh, I love bubble baths and getting massages. And I do love that stuff. Um, movement for me is also really therapeutic, but not like hard, intense workouts. Yes, those are. But what really works for me is just going for long walks. I live right on the beach. So a lot of times I just walk up and down the beach and, you know, either with headphones on and I'm listening to a podcast or music or just kind of getting lost in my own thoughts and sorting through them is really, really good for me. Um, eating healthy, of course, but like sometimes, you know, you also need that brownie. Well, yeah, that's self care. Yeah. <laughs> that is self-care. But yeah, just hanging with people who make me feel my best. Um, 
is really good for me. So I just try and surround myself with people who lift me up and support one another. And yeah. Love it. That's awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this and for being on the show. Um, obviously, you're going to be back because we're going to talk about trauma. Again. Yes. Um, but I just think that that was so helpful and impactful and to talk about therapy openly and just the importance of it and just mental health in general is just something that people, people need to hear and want to hear about, um, because a lot of us struggle with it. So thank you for what you do and for being on the show. Where can the listeners find you and your podcast? So my podcast is called Real Fucking Talk. The fucking is spelled F-C-K-N. It is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, on Instagram, it's at real.fckn.talk. Um, my website is rftpodcast.com. And I think that's it. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. And if you guys are listening and want to hear Paige on my podcast, go check it out. Yeah, we're going to record it right after this. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Brenna. That was incredible. Such great topics of conversation. Is Brenna a witch? I don't know. I guess we'll have to find out. Um, stay tuned for that. <laughs> and I hope something resonated. Again, if it did, share this episode with someone, whether it be on social media or over the phone, over text. That's how we grow. Rate, review, subscribe to both my podcast and Brenna's podcast on Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at real.fckn.talk on Brenna's for real fucking talk and at it's hard podcast on my Instagram. So please breathe this week. Take care of yourself. Go to therapy if you don't already. Find your therapist and we will be talking soon. I'll see you next week.